What's up, everybody? It's your draft queens, Kate and Michelle. And welcome to a new episode of Drafts on Drafts, where Kate and I crack open a beer and talk about something sports-related, but most specifically, football-related. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is the end of August. Football season is around the corner. And actually... This is going to be our last official drafts on drafts for a little while once we get into football season. That's right. That's right. What what we're going to do, just so we're not throwing you all off next week you, and you know what to expect, is we are going back to our normal regular season release cadence of episodes on Mondays and Fridays at 8 a.m. Eastern. You can still expect us in your feed first thing every morning. Uh, we will have the huddle on Mondays, as always. And we will have our weekly football stardom sit roundup and a brand spanking new betting segment happening on Fridays on the show. So what that means for Drafts on Drafts is not that Drafts and Drafts on Wednesdays is going away, but we'll kind of take every week by week, see if there are any big headlines that we want to record an episode or an episode deserves a beer to talk about a topic. And then uh, every now and again, we'll drop a Drafts on Drafts in feed. So it'll be Mondays and Fridays for sure, and every now and then we'll drop a Drafts on Drafts in as a little surprise and delight for you all. Exactly. Have no fear. Kate and I will still be drinking beers. Oh, have uh, no fear. We'll still about, be drinking on the mic. Sports. <laughs> uh, I will say, as it relates to Drafts on Drafts and football season, for those that have listened to us in the past know that we are very big fans of pumpkin beer in the fall oh, during yes. football season. I can tell you already that where I live, they are on the shelves. Oh my in August, gosh! Which I, I, whatever. We, I could go on a whole tangent about this because I think it's stupid. However, now that I've caught on to their to their plans, yeah. their sneakiness here, <laughs> I've already started stockpiling pumpkin beers at my house. Oh my god! Sorry, not sorry. It's happening. Blessings to you. So that just gives us <laughs> an excuse that we must be doing some drafts on drafts during the regular season. We will. Hey, we will. it's it's one of my favorite shows for us to do. Uh, but yes, we will uh, we'll pepper it in when there's something fun to talk about over a beer. Yeah. Well, you know, and this will be the last thing I say, and then we'll get into NFC co- conference breakdowns. But you know that, like, it's getting close to football season because all of a sudden, all of, like, the defunct Kmarts and giant warehouses are now spirit Halloweens. So I feel like between that and pumpkin <laughs> beers being on the shelves, it's like... <laughs> Okay, fall is coming up, and people are thinking about yeah. it. So. Oh, man. All right, so as our semi-quasi sort of uh, finale of Drafts on Drafts, what is, what's your final drink of choice? Final drink of the uh, unofficial football season <laughs> Drafts on Drafts is a one of, one of a, our household favorites. It's a truly fantastic beer. It's called Sip of Sunshine. It's by Lawson's, um, an excellent, excellent IPA. So I figured it was worth breaking out the big guns, but how about for I, you? I dig it. I'm be- I'm being extremely Italian, and I got a nice little ice-cold Peroni going on oh, over here classic. today. Classic, 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 classic. <laughs> so classic. All right. Last week, for those that tuned in, we broke down the AFC conference. If you didn't tune in, go back, do it. Right now, or right after this one? Right after this today, one, yeah. Today, we're going to break down the NFC conference, and hopefully between all of these conference breakdowns, all of our position breakdowns, mock drafting, and just us doing our normal banter and chatter, 
Hopefully you all feel very ready for your fantasy drafts and your fantasy seasons at this point. That is my that is my true goal and aspiration that after you listen to this, you're like, I'm ready. I am yes. I am ready. I, I think we're gonna get everyone ready. Now the interesting part about the NFC and readying everyone for that conference for the season, um, is that spoiler alert, I don't feel too strongly about a lot of things changing. But let's see. <laughs> let's see what uh, what you think here. I mean, we've got four um four very competitive divisions. Maybe we start in the East. Like we we take it home and start in the East where we've got uh, the Dallas Cowboys, the Philly Eagles, uh, the New York Giants, and the Washington Commanders. Same division, new name again for new, the Washington football team and yeah. the Washington former Redskins. So now the inaugural season for the Commanders. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so if memory serves me, uh, we did a lot of shit talking about the NFC East in the past. Oh, yeah. Uh, mainly because the teams just weren't very good. Um, there wasn't a lot of interesting things to cover. However, in terms of things changing, I think this will be a little bit more of an interesting conference or yeah. division to watch yeah. this year. I think, you know, the Cowboys are on the up and up. They always manage to choke. I don't know why, but it's just an, an ongoing thing for them. But I think the Eagles are finding their groove. I still think the Giants suck. Sorry, they just do. <laughs> I think I think the Commanders might have a weird name, but maybe with Carson Wentz, you know, at the helm, things change a little bit. But I do think this conference is going to be a little bit more interesting than it was in years past. I think probably either last year or year before, we basically challenged the NFC East to try to be 500. And that, like, even that was a, a, a challenge. But I think it's going to be a much more competitive conference th- this year than, or, or division this year than what we've seen um, probably over the last two to three years. Yeah, I um. So if we if we think about the trades that have happened in the off season since last year's standings, um, it feels to me like the Cowboys and Eagles will be uh, on the top of the stack and more competitive. Yeah. Last year, yeah. actually, the Cowboys had a fantastic season last season. Yeah. Um, they finished with a 12-5 and record, um, which was three games up on the Eagles, who finished with an, uh, a 9-8 and record. Now, the interesting part of those two teams being on above the fold for the NFC East last year is I think that the Eagles had better offseason moves than the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys yeah. kind of relinquished Amari Cooper, for example, some of their like yep. bigger top guns. So either they'll maintain, I feel like, or maybe punch down a little bit. And the Eagles yeah. with A.J. Brown, and we've talked about this before, but went to school, I believe, with Jalen Hurts, etc. Um, I feel like their stock is a little bit up this year. Yeah, I would agree with you. I definitely think those two have the uh, opportunity to sort of uh, flip-flop, or at least maybe not flip-flop, but definitely end the season much closer to one yeah, another sure. than, than they did last year. Um, I think there's upside on on the Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown situation over there. So uh, will be interesting to watch. And as you noted, the Cowboys have remained very much intact uh, with the uh, exception of, of of trading away Amari Cooper um, in the offseason. But the rest of these guys are, are your, uh, you know, your standard guys that you've seen suit up for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Now, another team that didn't necessarily make any massive, not massive moves, you know, in the offseason was the Giants. 
frankly, I feel like this team needed to make some moves in oh, the offseason sure. and, and didn't. Um, I'm always low on the Giants. I apologize. Uh, I'm from New York, but I'm still low on the Giants. I've never been a Giants fan. I still don't think Daniel Jones has what it takes. I've not seen that been proven. He has his moments, yes, but I've not seen that be proven out that he's anything to write home about. Honestly, Saquon Barkley, stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. He has got to stay healthy for this team to even be competitive this year. That is my number one. It's just like such an X factor. If Saquon Barkley cannot stay healthy, which in years past has been a huge issue, not just for regular football, but for fantasy football too, um, I'm looking at the depth chart right now And it seems the entirety of the Giants are made of glass. I mean, Saquon Barkley is a total wild card. But in addition, um, their top wide receiver, Kadarius Toney, who I guess is comparable to Kenny Galladay being their number one, he is questionable, as is Darius Slayton, as is Sterling Shepard, as is Matt Breida, the number two to Saquon Barkley. I mean, even their third string running back is questionable. They're... the depth chart is a mess for the Giants. I just don't think there's anything to see here. They will bring up the rear in the NFC East for sure. Yeah. And then you've got the commanders under uh, three years, three name, three new names. So here we are. (laughs) Identity crises uh, left and right for the commanders. (laughs) So here we are with the the commanders. Obviously the big off season move here um, was the addition of um, Carson Wentz. Uh, I am very interested to see how he settles in here. I think it could be a good fit. I like Antonio Gibson. I like J.D. McKissick-ish. I did think it was weird. He was kind of like, commanders till I die. So maybe he's got something to prove out there on the maybe. on the field this season. You've also got some pretty decent pass catchers in Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas. Speaking of being made of glass, Logan Thomas is also someone that needs to stay healthy this year. But yep. um, some new faces, obviously a new team name um i i mean but the piece the pieces are there i think the pieces are there for for the commanders it's oh they're not going to be they're not going to be as competitive as the the eagles no that's right that's right but But, but they've got weapons that could actually be effective if they can stay healthy and if carson wentz actually jives with all of these guys i mean i think that's a huge piece of it and how many memes are out there i mean i drafted terry mclaurin last year on my fantasy team yeah and it's just like between Terry yeah. McLaurin, Logan Thomas, to your point, and Antonio Gibson, you just never know. But they're so good when they're on, and it's so tragic when they're off. You know, it's like from a from a fantasy perspective, when you look at the NFC East, there are very few like top ranked fantasy players on any of these teams. Mm-hmm. Do with that information what you will. Right. I'm just trying to t- tie it back to to fantasy here, but there are very few top ten players on any of these teams from a fantasy perspective. The the ones that jump out are C.D. Lamb, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. Saquon if he can stay healthy, yep. and and maybe A.J. Brown is fringe, fringe there. I don't think yeah. he's the same A.J. Brown that he was. But again, do with that information what, what you will. Um, the one name that we didn't bring up here uh, that you should keep an eye on from a fantasy perspective and also just in terms of helping keep a team uh highly competitive is Dallas Goddard as yeah, well from yeah. from from the from the Eagles. So there's a lot of interesting pieces here um so you know I think 
all in all, I'm more positive about how this division looks yeah. uh, competitively than I have been in, in years past. Yeah, marginally. Now, we're about to move into a d- division, though, in the West. We head out to the West uh, that is chock full of fantasy superstars, for the most True. part. <laughs> for True. the most part. Yes. Well, actually, we're kind of on a seesaw with this one. Um, <laughs> but the teams out in the West are the 49ers, the Arizona Cardinals, the LA Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. The defending Super Bowl champion LA Rams, That's we should right. say. Should we start yeah. with the Rams just because I feel like the only natural place to start with is with the Rams because they just looked so good last year. Really amazing. Uh, yeah, I I mean totally. So, here's the thing. Rams were on a mission last year. They brought in some big guns, uh Von Miller, also now lost Von Miller, but they brought in the big guns. The Super Bowl was happening in LA. They were dead set on winning in LA and they made that happen. They looked amazing. They brought in Matt Stafford. They brought in Von Miller. They brought in all these guys. They made it happen. They put a vision board together of the Super Bowl is happening in in LA. We are going to bring all the necessary pieces to LA so that we can win this on our home turf. And they did. We've talked about Cooper Cup. He had an insane season last year. Matt Stafford fit in just fine in in LA, um, and uh, and and they took it they took it home and they looked strong. Now there were some offseason moves here, not many. Von Miller being uh, arguably the largest one, yeah, you know, to talk about. Definitely. They also they also added Allen Robinson uh, to their wide receiver core, who. In years past, has been someone definitely to talk about, but as his time ended in Chicago, he was not very interesting to talk about. So I think he's got some really nice upside here. And an area where, although they won the Super Bowl, an area that they struggled in last year was the running back situation in yeah, um, in uh, in LA. They had a lot of injuries, a lot of issues. The good news for them is Cam Akers is back. Um, I believe it was an Achilles injury that he had last season that yeah, I think sidelined right. him. Mm-hmm. The majority of the season, he came back at the end to actually get it. It was sort of more of a, like, I need to prove to myself that I can get back from this injury. And so he's back. I think that's a huge addition to them. The team is stacked. They won the Super Bowl last year. That said, I feel as though that was the peak for them. Mm. And I'm not saying they're going to fall off a cliff this year. That's clearly not going to happen with all these names that we're talking about. But I just don't think you're going to get the exact repeat of what you saw last year. I think that was the peak. And in my opinion, it's it's going to come down a little bit um, for them this year. But, mm. you know. You, you make a good point defensively, you know. And you said this on last week's show for Drafts on Drafts for our AFC breakdown. Uh, but the Von Miller effect is very real. When you have Von Miller (laughs) on your team and he is now with the Buffalo Bills, that's a a game-changing trade. You know, that's a game-changing off-season move. Um, That being said, I really, I love the moves the Rams made in the off-season, so I am still very excited about the potential for this team. I don't know if I've ever also seen, like, a back-to-back Super Bowl champion, uh, in my lifetime, it's possible. I I honestly don't know, but it would be cool knowing that this roster is like so amazing, it, it really fantastic. So I feel really good about the Rams, but the Von Miller effect is definitely worth noting. That's a big loss and and to the Bills. It is, it is, it is for sure. Okay, so other than uh the Rams, yeah, um. I think we talked a little bit about 
Kyler Murray's massive, massive deal that he signed in the offseason. Honestly, now he's got to put he's got to put that money to work because yeah. I I personally think that Kyler is a good quarterback. I wouldn't say he's elite, but he's on his way to elite. I thought the money that he signed for was too much for what I've seen so far. But now he's mm-hmm. got to fucking make it work. He's got that big number. Everybody's been talking about it. He's got to make that work. You know, he's got uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to be suspended for six games. They brought in Hollywood Brown. I think that there's going to be some interesting chemistry there. They've, they've kept Zach Ertz on for another year. And they've also said James Conner is our guy. If you remember, Good. you know, last year there they had James Conner. Um, they had Chase Edmonds. They had Eno Benjamin. I think they were flip-flopping yeah. a lot in, in the backfield. But James Conner um, rose to the occasion, stepped up. That's who they decided is their RB number one, and they're rolling with it. So, again, this is another one of those teams that definitely has the names and the pieces. Uh, I like the offseason moves that they've made. But now... Kyler needs to prove that money mm-hmm. is worth it. Now, if anyone, but if anyone is going to do this in the West and give the Rams a run for their money, I do think that it's the Arizona Cardinals. I do. I love this squad. Um, I feel like they are young and fresh, and I just love. I love the legs on this team. There's nothing better than like uh, put, putting your money on like newer players in the league now. Zach Ertz aside, DeAndre Hopkins aside, I really like the combination of James Conner, Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore in DeAndre Hopkins' absence. Like, it just feels fresh and interesting. The one piece of that puzzle being Kyler. Like, he's just got to step up. He's got to step it up this year. Now, here's here's some here's some wild cards to talk about here. Okay, um, let's do it. The, Se- the Seattle Seahawks arguably took a big blow by losing Russell Wilson. Um, I've seen many a meme that make me laugh of um, <laughs> about Drew Locke and Geno Smith, and it's just like two guys on the beach like throwing like a dead duck football, <laughs> and and everything's like at Seattle Sea Camp, uh, Seattle Seahawks Sea Camp, like Drew Locke and Geno Smith for, go out for a catch. So like clearly oh a God. big downgrade um, for the Seahawks at the quarterback position. Um, I think that everybody, unfortunately, severely suffers here. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, like these are, you know, DK specifically is a pretty elite wide receiver. But when you don't have anybody that can throw you the ball, your stock Mm. is going to go down. Uh, They're clearly in a bit of a rebuilding. Neither one of these guys or these guys combined, frankly, um, Drew Locke and Geno Smith, equal a Russell Wilson in no. in my opinion not in in uh experience or you know talent so um this team is you know in a bit of a rebuilding the good news for them is they have retained DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett like they just need to find a quarterback and yeah. it doesn't seem like that's going to happen for them this season so i think they're uh they're they're definitely going to struggle and speaking of finding a quarterback Trey Lance is the starter in San Francisco, like what? What? Ha- I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm not ready for that. I think Debo and Brandon Ayuk are gonna have to like really carry this team this year. Oh my god. Well, I've got just across the board as we're wrapping Seahawks and talking about uh, 49ers. I just similar to my hot take from last week with the Steelers in the AFC. I've yeah. got like the opposite take on the Seahawks. I just need to say it because I feel like. 
The Seahawks are going to be bad now for like a decade is how I'm feeling. Like <laughs> a truly. De- a decade. I feel like they're just going to be bad for a long time now. Like nothing excites me about this team, coaching staff included. Huge factor in Pete Carroll. No offense, Pete Carroll. You're a great guy. Um, so the Seattle Seahawks really I'm down on. I think they're going to be down bad for a minute. Now, yeah. the Niners, the the weapons, again, are are there if they actually rise to the occasion. Do I want to put all of our eggs in Trey Lance's basket? No, I don't. But I I will say last year, taking quarterback by committee was fucking weird. What a weird decision that did not help anyone. Exactly. I mean, they ended their season at 10 and 7, which all things considered is way better than I expected. Um, I am hoping that Trey Lance can maintain, given that you're right, Debo's going to have to work hard, Brandon Ayuk's going to have to work hard, George Kittle is going to have to come back to life again this year, the Mm -hmm, same way that mm -hmm. he did with a vengeance last time. And then by committee in the backfield with Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson Jr., Trey Sermon, etc. If they play it right, I think the 49ers have a shot. Um, But just Trey Lance really has me feeling weird. That's the wild card for me. That was This was a wild card conversation last year between Jimmy and Trey as well, and I don't think that I've um, come out on either side of, this, uh, of, of where that's going to land. Um, they're definitely talking about Debo being used as not only a wide receiver but a running back. So as I said, I think he's literally going to have to take this team on his shoulders um, to keep them you know, up to, uh, up to speed yeah. in the, uh, in the yeah. NFC West. But but uh, will be interesting to see if Trey Lance can come into his own. Maybe this is maybe this is where it starts to happen. I don't know because he has to. I really hope so. Um, let's let's talk about other quarterbacks who need to come into their own as we move to the North. And uh, I mean, I'm looking at in this division, we've got the Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings. Now let's start with the freaking Lions here and and Jared Goff and how little I think we can expect from these these little lions this year unfortunately i don't know if he's gonna come into his own michelle uh, well jared goff is far past coming into his own he's been in the league long enough uh for come on man like come on man anyway i mean when you look at the nfc north it's usually far and away really obvious that you know the packers will will lead the charge here i i think with the obvious trading of Devontae adams that really changes the situation here um uh, dr- pretty dramatically, to be honest with you. I mean, look, Jared Goff, the Matt Stafford trade, clearly the Lions got the raw end of the deal there. Jared Goff, not great, not terrible. Um, I That said, he's, he's not terrible, but me. went three and 13 kind of last Magoo. year as a collective, yeah, he's, unfortunately. He's pretty, he's pretty Magoo for me. I think they <laughs> obviously are going to increase uh, from last year. I, I sort of view that as a little bit of a fluke. I don't think Jared Goff is that bad. Um, I, he's not three and 13 bad like that. That's like uh, bad, in my bad. That's bad. I know. Bad. I, I don't think he's really three and 13 bad. I don't really think this team is three and 13 bad. I think Deandre Swift, um, no, he's really yeah. strong in, in the backfield. I think last year, um, Amon Ross St. Brown started to show signs of, of life over there. They added DJ Chark. They've got DJ uh, TJ Hawkinson. So I, I don't think the numbers reflect how bad last year's numbers don't reflect the Lions, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think they should have been that bad. I don't know what the hell happened, but I don't think they should have been that bad. And I definitely think they will 
be better this year. Yes. And I think DeAndre Swift is going to be the guy that helps them get there. Yeah. Not Jared Goff. He's not going to be the leader of that team, but he's got to be better than he was last year. But I think DeAndre Swift could be sort of the leader of this team to help pull them out of that 3-13 and 13 funk they had last year. I would love to see it. I really would. And um, in terms of other teams that have some work to do this year, I'm looking at the Bears, too. I mean, across this entire yeah. division, there's work to be done, but the Bears, taking it back to that same thing of having your quarterback actually come into their own, Justin Fields and the Bears, they just didn't have it last year. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Justin Fields looks better this year because he, in my humble opinion, was one of, if not the worst quarterback in the NFL last year. Like, truly looked fucking horrible. Yeah, this team to me has really not much to discuss uh, other than David Montgomery. I, I mean, like, he's he's the guy there. He's the one that constantly produces. Obviously, the Bears always also pride themselves on defense, so, you know, that could be a bit of a saving grace for them. Um, but I think the only real player and the only real thing to really look at here is, is David Montgomery. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, partially, well, mostly from a fantasy perspective, uh, but I uh, I don't see this team uh, pulling it together, you know, quite yet. Which leads us to, you know, the Packers and the Vikings. Yeah. And honestly, this is the year where I feel the Vikings have the edge. Uh, I huh. You know, they didn't, they, they haven't changed much. They didn't lose a star wide receiver at, like the, uh, like the um, Packers did. They haven't had all the drama and nonsense that the Packers have with Aaron Rodgers staying, not staying, yelling at his wide receivers, etc. Like, I think that the Vikings have a really strong core group of guys. Kirk, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne started popping off last year. Like, I just think this team is close-knit. There's a lot of top fantasy and top guys on this team and if there was ever a year for them to be able to like make a real move in this division it's right fucking now because Devontae Adams is gone yeah that's right um I like that take and I believe you when you speak on I know Kirky Cousins is your boy and so when you speak on the Vikings I mean I saw them last year I think where they need to put in more work as a team is actually on defense (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. rather than the offensive core so um, they just, they're, they're close. They were close last year. They looked really pretty good. And so I'm hoping that you're right. Having last year under their belt and having all of these starters sort of stay with them, that it'll be yeah. a, a, a division topping year for them, I really hope. Now, I mean, think about trying to play defense against these guys. Like, you got Justin Jefferson, tough. Adam Thielen, and now you even have KJ Osborne who's a threat. Like, how do you even how do you handle that? Yeah, and that's why they stick in games, right? Like they are yeah. it's the defense that's lacking. I I haven't yeah. been following their offseason defensive moves, but I I hope that that becomes a big factor for them because to your point, the offense is chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. <laughs> All right. Do you want to talk about your boy Aaron Rodgers or what? No. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Um. I mean, look, no one. Look, we have all our funny things that we say about Aaron Rodgers. He's still an elite quarterback. I think that he's just going to have a very challenging season without a real superstar uh, to throw to. I also think like, okay, Aaron Jones is great, but he's not as great as he has been in years past. And I also just 
non non football related i just think there's been too much drama and nonsense total around this team that i think it's distracting and that makes it really hard for people you know to to come out of the gate and play really strong football so Mm -hmm. look i'm not counting the packers out and i'm not saying that aaron Rodgers is nothing without Devonte adams i'm not suggesting that um give respect where respect is due however that's a very big gaping hole that I don't think Alan Lazard fills that I don't think Randall Cobb fills like I just none of these guys fill that gap they didn't do anything to fill that gap um and so that's just going to be really challenging for the Packers to deal with yeah totally um I am god this this one throws me a little but I do think it's worth noting that on a previous huddle there are also clearly fractures not only with like the team morale to your point and the bullshit that's been happening offseason around Aaron Rodgers and probably is trickling into the larger team. But also there seems to be an issue of some sort with the wide receiving core across the board. Like Aaron Rodgers was a headline two weeks ago because he was saying that they're just not running the right routes. And if Aaron Rodgers can't flex his throw like he could with Devontae Adams, that just feels like a handicap, you know? That feels yeah. like a big handicap for their game, so. Yeah, definitely definitely a little uh, a little opportunity there for uh, the Vikings yes. and even the Lions yes. to, uh, to really a- step up their game knowing that the uh, the power that is the Packers in the North has uh, gotten a little, a little chip taken off. Yeah! There. Well, we've got one more division and one more elite quarterback that we can and should start with, in my opinion, uh, while we're looking at the NFC South. And so the South is composed of the Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Carolina Panthers. Okay, I'm going to say something real quick here because I'm going to give us like eight seconds to talk about this team. I'm not talking about the Atlanta Falcons. Like, I'm sorry. I just cannot talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Like, they were bad with Matt Ryan. They're going to be worse with Marcus Mariota. I feel bad for everybody on that team and bad for whoever's a fan. Period. End of story. There's no way that they have a winning season. They get so shit on, but I can we just talk about Corderell Patterson for 30 seconds? Everything fell apart after that Patriots Super Bowl when the Patriots came. Everything yeah. has been like a disaster for them since. Yeah. Well, the only people that we should talk about are Corderell Patterson still managed to have an epic fantasy year last year sure. as a flex RB, potentially RB2. And then there's Kyle Pitts, who experts say is a top tight end. Do I agree? Not really, but we will find out. I hope he has a <laughs> great season. Um, and last year, the Falcons actually beat out the Carolina Panthers. Now, shifting gears, I don't think that that will be the case this year necessarily, depending on if Baker Mayfield really makes a change with the Panthers. Um, and also Christian McCaffrey, again, got to stay healthy, man, my guy. Yeah. Um, otherwise, That's this the- whole line, their whole roster looks pretty solid to me. I mean, yeah, the Christian McCaffrey um, scenario here is obviously key. He has missed the last two seasons. He needs to stay healthy. I'll be very interested to just see him on the football field again. We all know what he's capable of, but we just haven't seen it in a few seasons. I think him being healthy and being back on the field takes a bit of the pressure off Baker and Sam Darnold. Obviously, Baker, we talked about being the uh, 
the, the starter there week one, but I could really definitely see that changing very quickly if he doesn't perform. But I do think Christian McCaffrey being back on the field and healthy is going to take a little bit of that pressure off of both Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, sure. which is good. Um, they added Deonta Foreman uh, to their uh, running back core. I kind of like that. He definitely like stepped that. up in, uh, in Derrick Henry's absence on the Titans last year. I do definitely see a bit of a dip in value for the wide receivers here, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, etc. mainly because the quarterback thing is still a question mark for sure. me. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So I just think they take a little bit of a dip in fantasy value. When you, you know, when you look at it on paper, it's not, it's not a terrible team. Christian McCaffrey needs to stay healthy mm-hmm. and, and be the leader of this team so that the rest of these guys can fall, fall into place. Yeah, I fully agree. I do think so. I, I think that they're a, they're a boomer bust team if we want to put it oh, in those yeah. terms like either I mean, boomer bust speak of boomer bust i mean i sort of feel similar about the the saints yeah. i mean there's been there's been coaching changes there's quarterback changes james james winston andy dalton but like but the boomer bust here is like you also have alvin freaking camara who's an animal and you have michael thomas coming back mm-hmm. this year which was a very big missing piece for that team last year so uh, it's it's it, to me I almost view as very similar as Carolina. I'm a little bit question marky on the quarterback situation and how these guys are going to perform and who's going to perform. I'm not so question marky on Alvin Kamara because I've seen what he can do and I have confidence in that. Mm-hmm. And I feel excited that they get Michael Thomas back out there for reps that they missed last year. But and again they you know changing in, in coaching staffs and stuff. But I don't know what happens with. Jameis Winston does he I don't I don't know what that looks like I I don't love Andy Dalton I think he's old and (laughs) like not helpful anymore I just so I don't know I mean not to be ageist I'm just saying no no it's true it's worth noting I mean we're not being ageist because Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the league so totally Uh, but Andy Dalton is is built different yeah Yeah, built different call people old where they're old but yeah I I I'm very, very interested to see what happens between the Panthers and the Saints mm-hmm. um, in this division specifically because I do feel like there are a lot of similarities. The two sort of mid-tier name quarterbacks, but you don't know what's going to happen. The two top 10 running backs help carry the team, you know. And then, I don't know, maybe Michael Thomas, depending on how he's coming back from his injury last season, he maybe puts them over the edge. May, remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. I, I I staunchly believe that this also will be a boomer bust team. I think you're right there. So right. Um, we'll see. But across the board, we have one more team for, Last but not least. for the South, and that is <laughs> your boy, Tommy B. It's just, and the Bucks. It's just, it's just not even fair when you look at it on paper. Now, look, they won the Super Bowl two years ago when Tom first came. Mm-hmm. They made a hell of a run, and I cannot believe they didn't get to the Super Bowl last year. Then Tom announces he's retiring, but then Tom's coming back. So you can only think that this team is is going to make a run for it in Tom Brady, a.k.a. the GOAT's final season in the NFL. And look, they're poised to do extremely well in this division. They obviously have one of the easiest divisional matchups Um out there, probably in the AFC and the NFC. And as Kate and I have said on other episodes, what that means is they get to play these teams twice. Like, mm. anyone that gets to play the Atlanta Falcons team twice, like, good on you. Yeah. You're lucky. It's an automatic but freaking cheat code. It's just when you look at this, you know, Brady, Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, who I know has a little bit of an injury to deal with, but fine. They added Russell Gage. They added Julio Jones. 
They added Kyle Rudolph. They added, uh, sorry, they didn't add Cameron Bray. Cameron Bray is still there, but they added Kyle Rudolph. I mean, mm-hmm. look, they, they, they're, they're trying to repeat the same thing that they've been doing for the last three years and make this a Super Bowl contending team. As I said, two years ago, they very much contended and won. Last year, they very much contended but couldn't pull it out. I, this year, they're going for the same thing, and it's it's all right there on paper mm-hmm. for them. It worked last year, even though it didn't work work last year. But it worked last but it year. Still worked. It, right. it worked exactly. Just sometimes the cards similar to the Bills doesn't doesn't fall the right way for you. But the pieces right. are there, and this is one of the only teams I think I always think about coaching staff because I think it's a huge X factor that people just don't consider. Yeah. But for the Bucs in Bruce Arians leaving, unless for some reason the new head coach is overbearing for any reason with Tom, a new head coach changes nothing for me for the Bucs. I actually think, if anything, it will just be the same or better. So that's That's the only time I'll ever say that, I think. (laughs) Okay. All right. We've gone through all of the NFC teams, all of the divisions, and now, similar to what we did last week, you and I need to pr- place a nice little rager mm. of who will be repping the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. My answer is so clear and obvious. I know what it is. Why don't we guess each other's? Can I guess yours? Sure. Yours is clearly the box. Oh, it's 100% the box. The Bucks will go to the Super Bowl this year. It's just one of those things where, like, the team is there – uh, the coaching is there. The camaraderie between these guys is there. And as we've talked about with this storybook career that Tom Brady has had, I literally can't imagine a world where he doesn't contend in the Super Bowl in his final season. I just don't see that as a possibility. Final season. <laughs> <laughs> now remember, remember though, and this is why I'm not picking the Bucks, and also because I can't pick the Bucks because I knew you were going to pick the Bucks. Um, so <laughs> Sorry. It's worth remembering that I am not picking the Bucks because Gronk is not on the Bucks. I do think that he okay. has always been the staple for Tom and is okay. like both on the field and off the field is like his guy. So... I'm not picking the Bucks. I am going with a double Super Bowl. I want to see the Rams back there. I oh, okay. absolutely, okay. minus Von Miller and the Von Miller effect, I don't think it's enough to take down one of the best offenses full stop in football. So I'm going with the LA Rams, and that's my bet for uh, this year's Super Bowl. Woo! All right, everybody, get out your FanDuel, DraftKings, whatever apps, and uh, put those bets in now. Now's actually a really fun time to bet on these because the odds are forever in your favor. I think the most fun one to bet on, though, would obviously be the Cardinals. Like, if... (laughs) Because it's going to be in Arizona (laughs) this year. So let's continue the trend. Like, the Rams winning in L.A. last year, the Cards winning in Arizona this year. Like, I'd be with it. There is a world... There is a world where you could make that semi-educated uh, bet and just say, hey, it's in Arizona, yeah, so bet on Arizona. Home field advantage. Not? Let's just go with that. Yeah, who knows? But in any case, Michelle, um, it's always fun doing these breakdowns, and uh, we've got a hell of a lot else coming up. Next week, football begins, baby. We're actually Woo. doing our Stardom Sidem segment next Friday. Remember, it's a little different than the episode cadence we've had before. We will still have the huddle on Monday morning to greet you. Um, but going forward, we will have Friday episodes for Stardom Sidem and we'll be building our fantasy teams in real time. So you do not want to miss that next Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Michelle, anything else to say before we sign off and head into the weekend of Blue Yonder? 
Uh, I mean, other than just make sure you're tuning in every week, all of our new episodes, getting ready for football. We are digging in deep. Go follow us, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. It is time to dial in for your weekly fantasy advice. Yes. Let's get it. Thank you.